Season 1, Episode 85, Pete's Podcast, Bible Story Evangelism, Acts Chapter 10, Verses 1 through 48. First, we're going to look at Schofield's outline or bullet points of what's in these 48 verses of Acts chapter 10. We have uh, first Peter's second use of the keys, which I think is uh, a metaphor for the gospel of the grace of God. Schofield says it this way, the gospel given to the Gentiles. Cornelius sends for Peter has a dream and Cornelius has a vision and and is told to send to Joppa for Peter, which is, uh, oh, I don't know, 10 miles south of Caesarea, 15 miles south. Um, Peter's vision of the great sheet. So while Cornelius is having a vision, Peter has a vision. And God wants to get the gospel to the Gentiles. And the Jews are very... uh, restricted from entering the home of a Gentile, eating with a Gentile. And the vision is kind of interesting. And um, Peter's messengers, the messengers, uh, Peter and the messengers for Cornelius. Anyway, the, the vision of the sheet was that it was full of animals and and the vision says, kill and eat these animals. And Peter goes, they're not clean. I can't do that. I've never done anything like that and um, God says don't call what I've made unclean so uh, enjoy I guess Uh, Peter and the messengers of Cornelius uh, they spend a night with Peter so maybe it's more like 20 miles trip Uh, anyway he they spend a night there and then they go the next day they go to to Caesarea and this is in Simon the Tanner's house along the coast of the Mediterranean. Probably a pretty nice house if you can put all these people up. Anyway, Peter's sermon to the Gentiles in the house of Cornelius. So it's always, I always enjoy reading uh, sermons by Peter. They're short and to the point. And let's see, the theme here is salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Surprise, surprise. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. The Holy Spirit given to the believers, which kind of surprises the... There were people that came with Peter too. There were disciples, I guess you could say, that that followed the Apostle Peter. Uh, I I think everybody's a disciple of Jesus. If you're a disciple, you're a disciple of Jesus Christ and His Word. But it's not a bad idea to follow somebody that knows more than you. I surely did that for for years. Um, All right, Acts chapter 10 verse 1. So we're going to see all these things in the Word of God. There was a certain man in Caesarea, and Caesarea is a city that is controlled by the Romans. Pilate lives there. It's uh, probably a very wealthy city. Uh, Cornelius sounds very wealthy. Simon the Tanner sounds wealthy, just living on the coast of the Mediterranean. All right, There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. Well, if you're in the Roman Empire, you can't probably be any better than being in the Italian band, the band of Rome. But uh, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. Sounds good. 
he saw a, in a vision, evidently, about the ninth hour, which now to the Romans, that could be nine o'clock at night. To the Jews, that would be three o'clock. So, um, not exactly sure. But no, the sixth hour, would no, that could be nine in the morning. I'm a little confused. Difference Roman in timekeeping. Yeah, I think it was, goes backwards for the Romans. Six, the sixth hour is noon for the Jews, and the sixth hour is six o'clock in the morning. So the ninth hour would be three for the Jews, and the ninth hour would be nine o'clock in the morning for the Romans. Anyway, um, moving right along, really doesn't matter. Uh, he saw a vision about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming into him and saying unto him, Cornelius. Joseph had a vision when he found out that Mary was with child, with going to give birth to the Messiah. Um, but when God, when the angel appeared to Mary, he actually appeared to Mary. And I always thought that was a, I think God would have to appear to me in a in a, a dream because if he appeared to me while I was awake, I would probably run out the door. But anyway, I always admired Mary's courage. But he appeared to this centurion, um, who technically I was a centurion in the American army. A centurion means you lead 100 soldiers. I had 200 men in my company when we went to, it was a headquarters company for infantry battalion in the 1st Infantry Division. At any rate, um, uh, I, I was a quote-unquote a centurion, but uh, never mind. Shouldn't even have said that. All right, moving right along. And when he looked on the angel in his dream, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayer and thy alms are come as up as a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. This is just a coincidence that he's at Simon the Tanner's house, but this is Simon Peter. Again, there are a lot of common names, just like there are today. Verse 6. Uh, Simon Peter lodged with one Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the seaside. He shall tell thee what thou oughtst to do. Verse 7, And when the angel which spake unto Cornelius was departed, he called two of his household servants and a devout soldier of them that waited on on him continually, so he had soldiers that looked after him, and because he was a centurion, uh, I, I surely didn't have that as a company commander. Uh, first sergeant kind of watched over me a little bit, but whatever. Um, chapter eight, and when he had declared all these things unto them, he sent them to Joppa. So he said, "You go look for this guy, Peter." Uh, in the house of Simon the Tanner, and bring him to me. And so these, these guys, especially the soldiers, are not going to fail the centurion. And uh, my definition of a great leader is someone who you do not want to disappoint, and I would guess that, that these soldiers did not want to disappoint 
there, Cornelius. Not because they were afraid of him, but because he was a great leader. Verse 9, On the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew nigh to the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. So it's a little confusing. That could be noon, um, or if it's if it's uh, Roman time, which it could be on the coast of the Mediterranean pretty easily, uh, 20 miles south of Caesarea. Caesarea is the way it's spelled. Um, the, the sixth hour could be in the morning, which might be a more comfortable time to go on your roof top depending on the time of the year but anyway um, I don't know uh, verse uh, 10 and Simon became very hungry and would have eaten but while they made ready for his meal he fell into a trance not exactly sure what that means but um, he had a vision let's put it that way uh, and when he saw and saw heaven opened and a certain vessel descending upon him from heaven as it were as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners so a sheet held up I think by the four corners that's the way I look at it coming down to the earth kind of a weird dream but dreams can be pretty weird or <clears throat> this is a vision wherein there were all manner of four-footed beasts might have been some pigs in there. I don't know. I mean, I know that's like, that's not good for a Jew. Uh, of the earth, all manner of four-footed beasts, wild beasts and creeping things. You don't, they don't usually eat creeping things, especially from the sea, like shrimp and lobster and clams and conks and all that stuff. And the fowl, and fowl of the air, you know, And there came a voice to him, to Peter, in this vision, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice spake unto Peter again the second time, What God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. This was done three times, and the vessel was received up again into heaven. Peter's kind of used to having three, do you love me? Do you love me? Feed my sheep? Do you love me? Feed my sheep? Anyway, um, maybe just to remind him you know, to be faithful, I'm not sure. But yeah, I don't know how you could get much more faithful than Peter at this point, but in my opinion, he was as bold as a lion. Don't witness, and he just goes right back to witnessing constantly. Beaten, goes back to witnessing. Imprisoned, goes back to witnessing. Stephen's been murdered, if you will, uh, stoned to death for preaching Jesus Christ. Peter's preaching Jesus Christ. And he's, he's in Roman country here, but which might be safer than being back in Jerusalem but uh, or Jewish-held ter territory. Now, while Peter doubted in himself what this vision which he had seen should mean, because it is kind of vague. What, you can eat unclean animals now? That's, you know, okay, great. You know, some people don't want to do that. Some shellfish is uh, dangerous to some people. Behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius had made inquiry at Simon the Tanner's house 
and stood before the gate. So the men on the mission from Cornelius have found Simon's house and called and asked whether Simon Peter, which is surnamed Peter, were lodged there. While Peter thought on the vision, what does this vision mean? All things are, don't call anything common that I have made. Uh, he made people too, uh, and DNA and all of that. The Spirit said unto Peter, and I would guess the Holy Spirit said to Peter, Behold, three men seek thee. Arise therefore and get thee down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Then Peter went down to the men which were sent unto him from Cornelius and said, Behold, I am Peter whom you seek. What is the cause whereof you are come? And they said, Cornelius the centurion, a just man, and one that feareth God, respects God, a man that respected a great deal and knows what, what it's like to receive respect and respects God, feareth God. And, and again, I, whenever I read that feareth God, I love electricity, but I'm also careful around it. I love God, but I'm also careful about it. I like the benefits of electricity. I like the benefits of God. Sometimes I think I like you know, benefits of electricity more than I do the benefits of God. But at any rate, um, I hope that's not the case. I need to grow some. But feareth God and a good report among the nation of the Jews. He's a good man and he's good to the Jews. And warned from God by a holy angel to send for thee. So God had just told Peter, look, I sent, you know, the people come into the house. They're from a man I talked to. Uh, go with them. And, and by a holy angel to send for thee unto his house and to hear words of thee. Then called he them in. Then Peter called them in. And lodge them, put them up for the night, because I guess that would help us with what time of the day it was, because they don't have time to, to make a day's journey away. And on the morrow, Peter went with them, and certain brethren from Joppa accompanied him. I think Peter had, for lack of a better word, an, an entourage that traveled with him of believers. Um, so... Uh, the, the the apostle had disciples, if you will, but again, I don't think anybody's a disciple of anybody else but the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not a disciple of Peter. Peter's not here anymore. I wouldn't say he's gone, but he's, I'm a disciple of the Lord. Thank you very much. And and I study God's word. And disciple means learner. And what I'm trying to learn is God's word. Verse 24. And and the morrow, after they entered into Caesarea, and Cornelius waited for them, and he had called together his kinsmen and his near friends, and as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. Now, how do you think Peter's going to react to that? 
the same way an angel would react to that, the same way anybody that, that knows anything about God would react to that. Peter took him up, grabbed him by the shoulders, I, I would imagine, saying, Stand up! I myself also am a man. So it shows you that Cornelius, I don't think, really knew the Lord. He knew he was good to good the Lord's people, Israel, but, but uh, now he's going to really meet the Lord's people here. Stand up, I myself also am a man. And as Peter talked with him, he went in and found many that were come together. So this man had called a bunch of his friends and family together to hear, hear Peter because he had a vision, he had a, a dream that, that said, this guy's important, he's got something to say, you know, that your arms and your, your life has come before me, and I, wanna, I want you to hear what Peter has to say. So he calls his friends and family together. It reminds me of a story of the president of my Bible college used to tell that uh, he was a youth director and he, he had a had a kid in Tampa whose family owned, I think, more than one Italian restaurants and were pretty wealthy. And, and the kid trusted Christ at one of Hank's youth meetings and invited Hank to dinner. And so Hank went to dinner. And so there was a big Italian family around his table. And so the kid, who's like in high school, says to Hank after the meal, he says, okay, give him the talk. And so... Hank was a little uncomfortable, but of course he gave him the gospel. And I'm telling you that story because I've met the guy. He's been a pastor for years, and, and that whole family came to Christ. So anyway, I just wanted, I was going to not tell you that story, but I decided I would. And as he talked with Cornelius, Peter went in and found many that were come together. And he said unto them, You know how that it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or to come into one of another nation. I'm, I, I shouldn't spend time with you and I shouldn't come into your home. But God has showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. You know, any man would fall under anything that I have created. And if you're an evolutionist, I don't know what to tell you, but... All I can say is, uh, if evolution were true, it would be undeniable. But I think we were created. I think somebody put on, on one of my friends put on Facebook that if, if one, uh, you know, the, the, the laws of physics, I can't remember what exactly he said, but something about, you know, he picked a couple of laws of physics and said if these were not true, the universe would, would not be able to continue. And I wrote, if... I wrote him back and I said, having taught AP physics for many years, um, all the way through modern physics, um, there's really two branches, Newtonian and, and Newtonian physics, and then uh, Albert Einstein physics, Planck, uh, Planck's physics. Um, anyway, all those young, brilliant minds, Heisenberg's principle. Anyway, uncertainty principle, by the way. But anyway... Um, Hey, uh, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Whenever I get off like that, I get... Anyway, verse 28. And he said unto them, you, you know how that it is 
an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come into unto the home of another nation. But God has showed me that there is nothing called common or unclean. I was talking about physics and, and I was just saying that if one of the laws, in my physics course, course we used every universal constant that's on a TI-83 calculator. I mean, we, we covered everything in that AP physics class. They've divided it into two classes now, but two years. But we did it in one. And I, I wrote, if, if one of God's laws wasn't, uh, one of the law, God's physics laws wasn't in, in place, the universe would implode or explode depending on the law. Um, it just... Uh, Lenz's law about um, induced currents in the direction of those currents. If it was the opposite, for example, the universe would blow apart. Everything would just spin out of energy would be, be created until it, there wasn't anything left. Anyway, just for example, friction. We don't know the true nature and origin of friction. Uh, gravity. We don't know the true nature and origin of gravity. They have theories, but they don't, they, they don't tell you this is what gravity is and this is where it came from. But anyway, sorry, little knowledge is a dangerous thing. All right, so uh, that I should not, you know that I shouldn't be talking to you right now is basically what he said. But the Lord has showed me I should be talking to you, is what Peter says. Verse 29, therefore came I unto you without gainsaying. I didn't try to, you know, talk God out of it. I just came. I think that's what gainsaying is. Well, you know, got it. I mean, he tried. He said, I've never eaten anything unclean. But God shut him up and said, don't call anything unclean that I've created. And Peter got the message. And as soon as I was sent for, I asked there, thereof, for, therefore came I unto you without gainsaying. As soon as I was sent for, I asked therefore for what intent you have sent for me. Okay, I came without asking any questions. I just came. So uh, I ask you now, what what have you called me for? Surprised Peter would ask that question, but maybe he's just a smart guy. But anyway, uh, Cornelius said, four days ago, tells him his story. Four days ago, I was fasting unto this hour, the ninth hour, and and prayed in my house and behold a man stood before me in bright clothing that doesn't sound like a vision that sounds like the appearance of an angel uh, and said Cornelius thy prayer is heard and thine alms are had in remembrance in the sight of God you know, maybe maybe I, there were times in my life when I said, "God, if you're real, make yourself known to me," and stuff like that. I don't I don't know. I I know when I was six, I used to curse God to just see if He would strike me dead, but um, I I don't remember. I I was pretty much given up on God, especially after my brother was killed in Vietnam. I totally gave up on him. But I was I was searching searching because as soon as I heard the gospel, I said, "This is it, free gift, no lest any man should boast." Um, give you eternal life, you should never perish, neither shall any man pluck you out of my hand, for whosoever offered to anybody. So, uh, all right. Um, so Cornelius is telling his story, and said, Cornelius, thy prayer is heard, 
the vision or the, the, the angel in front of him said, Thine alms had in remembrance in the sight of God. Send therefore to Joppa, down south, and call hither Simon, whose surname is Peter. Uh, I think a surname is the last name, but he is, I always get that confused, but he is, I always look it up, but I, I looked it up recently and I think it's the last name. Uh, he is lodged in the house of Simon, a tanner by the seaside, who when he cometh shall speak unto thee. Immediately therefore I sent for to thee, and thou hast well done in thou in that that thou art come. Now therefore are we all here present before God to hear all things that God that are commanded thee of God. And Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. He's still trying to get over the fact that he's talking to a, a Gentile a little bit. But he's just saying, you know, and that's that was key to my salvation. That, that word, whosoever, I've said it a, almost on every podcast. God had me at whosoever. My God has to be a God, a, not a respecter of person, not a any meeny miny mo guy. For no reason, I'm going to pick this guy over this guy. I don't mind that he it pleased God to save them that believe. I don't mind that. That that the onus is on you. Seek and ye shall find. He's looking for you. The Holy Spirit is kind of trying to convict the world of sin, righteousness, of judgment, of sin because they believe not on me. He's trying to convict people to trust Christ as their Savior. Blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is not to trust Christ as your Savior. And there's nothing can be done for you if you do that. Anyway, of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. So Peter's slowly becoming uh, a missionary to the Gentiles. But in every nation, he that feareth him, and again, feareth is a, is a you know, loving, reverential, uh, maybe in awe of. Um, you know, I'll work around 110, and, and I've got some 220. I've only got 220 in my house, but I don't have 440. you got to go to a big building to get 440. But, but anyway, um, I've never talked to anybody that's been hit with 440. A lot of electricians, whenever I work, whenever I have an electrician to do something for me, I, the last one was fixing my air conditioner, um, I ask them about that. And they, they all tell me they've had 220. But 440, I don't know. That's, I don't, anyway, but in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted of him. Now, seek and you shall find. But that doesn't mean you're going to trust Christ. You've got, he's found him. Now, what's he going to do with it? We'll see. It's not a question of fearing God and working righteousness. What must we do to do the works of God? Believe on him who he hath sent. John chapter 6, verse 28, if I'm not mistaken. 28 and 29. Believe on him who he hath sent. Verily, verily, John 5, 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. That's what Jesus said to unbelievers in, in John chapter 5, verse 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. That's exactly what I did. Exactly what Cornelius has to do. Exactly what Abraham did. Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. 
All right. So continuing Paul's sermon here. And the word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. That word I say, you know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. I, you know, I, I think, well, Peter, uh, John was, I mean, Jesus was baptized by John and John said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. I'm not sure. I get a little confused when the disciples came along. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know if they were there present for that. But um, I think he started his public ministry after that. I can't remember. <clears throat> if you, I'm going to teach the Gospels, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and uh, go over that again. So I'll be looking for that. Anyway, uh, verse 38. And how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. So the sermon is all about who Jesus Christ is starting with his baptism by John the Baptist. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And he's with Peter too now. And we are witnesses of all that which he did. We are eyewitnesses of all that he did. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables, Peter said in his in one of his epistles, first or second Peter, uh, I think it was first Peter. We have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, were eyewitnesses of his majesty. And we are witnesses of all things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Talking about Jesus Christ. So his sermon is all about Jesus Christ. Him God raised up the third day and showed him openly. Not to all the people. I think he was seen of over 500 witnesses. But unto witnesses chosen before God. Even to us. I guess the believers that are standing with him there. Maybe some apostles came with him. And and some other of these disciples too. I, I, I think Stephen had seen the risen Savior. Um men that are going to have important ministries as, as they turn the world upside down, even to us whom did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead, ate the fish along the seashore. Do you love me, Peter? Feed my sheep. Do you love me, Peter? Feed my sheep. Do you love me, Peter? Feed my sheep. And Jesus commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is Jesus which was ordained of God to be judged of quick and dead. And be the judge, I'm sorry, and be the judge of the quick and the dead. The quick would be uh, the believers at the judgment seat of Christ. The dead would be those judged at the great white throne. Eternal judgments are important. There's five of them. I've gone over them whenever it comes up. They're in, in uh, mentioned, the doc, eternal judgments are mentioned in uh, Hebrews 6, 1 and 2. 6, 1 was my first episode. But anyway, Christ was judged at the cross 2,000 years ago. There's three coming up during the tribulation. Judgment, in, judgment of uh, 
judgment seat of Christ, which takes place in heaven. Uh, it's an awards banquet. While Israel is being judged during the, the 70th week of Daniel on the earth, and it's a really bad judgment. The plagues are really, really bad, a lot worse than Pharaoh's plagues. Um, God has to cut that seven years short because no one would live. The only, the worst part of it is last three and a half years. So the Jews are being judged. That I'll call that the third judgment. And then the last judgment will be at the end of the tribulation, end of the seven-year tribulation, called the judgment of the nations. And that's the sheep and the goats. The, 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 the unbelievers, who didn't help the 144,000, but they're unbelievers is the problem. The unbelievers are cast into the lake of fire with Satan, bound for a thousand years waiting for the last judgment called the Great, great White Throne. And uh, then the, the, so that's the judgment of the nations, which is um, the, the fourth judgment. And then the fifth judgment is a thousand years later after the uh, judgment of the nations, the sheep and the goats, the millennium, at the end of the millennium, uh, the, the believers live on into the, into the new heaven and the new earth. And the lost are cast into a place prepared for Satan and his angels. So, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be open unto you. Will not the creator of all the universe do right? So, if you have a sound mind and are capable of trusting Christ, I beg you to do it. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to judge the quick and the dead. You know, to be a you know to be a learner, you've got to learn the eternal judgments, the five eternal judgments. There's there's six things mentioned in Hebrews six one and two. For for we have um, let us uh, how does it go six one. Um, let, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. Number one. And a faith towards God, number two. Number three, of the doctrine of baptisms. We've talked about that. Uh, two most important, I guess, the two most prevalent are the water baptism, and the, which comes after the baptism of the Holy Spirit, after you're saved. It's a symbol of the fact that you're saved. It's, it's identifying with Christ publicly is all it is. doesn't save you, doesn't just obedience. Um, of the laying on of hands, the sick, and, and it's also in elders, choosing elders and things. They lay hands on people. Um, the resurrection of the dead, which I'm still working on, but I'm getting a better handle on that. Jesus is a good example of rising from the dead. His body was in the tomb, but he wasn't. He was in paradise for three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And then he led captivity captive. And then uh, the last one is the eternal judgments. And that's six different judgments. Six different things that are fundamental doctrines of the doctrine of Christ. Hebrews 6, 1 and 2. So, the quick and the dead, the judgment of the quick and the dead in verse 42. Acts chapter 10, verse 42. Quick and the dead is the, the quick are believers. They have eternal life. The dead are the ones that are going to be separated from God. They have eternal death, eternal separation from God. There's, there's two deaths. First death is separation from your body. The second death is separation from God. If you have eternal life, if you trusted Christ your Savior, you will not experience a second death. You'll be separated from your body, which is not a bad thing, especially as it gets old and see now you get a new body, which is going to be great. Anyway, um, so uh, 
Let's see here. Um, and verse 43. And to him give, the sermons continued. And to him, Jesus Christ, give all the prophets witness, that's the whole Old Testament, that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall have remission of sins. Sins are paid for. We're justified, just as if we'd never sinned. Through faith. Whosoever. It's the gospel of the grace of God. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them all which heard the word. I hope you hear the word. I think heard and believe are synonymous in this case, not just hearing. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured the gifts of the the gift of the Holy Spirit. So they believed and then they got the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then they were water baptized. For for they heard them speak with tongues and magnified God, then answered Peter. And again, tongues is being understood in a foreign language by the people you're talking to. Its purpose is to get the gospel out. Verse 47. Can any man forbid water that these should be baptized? Again, water baptism is identifying with Christ. Just like in the Old Testament, they took off their shoe if they made a deal and they handed it so people would remember that they, you know, the communion. Do this as often as you do it. You show that my death until I come. So there are outward signs of inward conditions. They don't they have no power. They have no saving power. You can't take communion and be saved. It doesn't keep you saved. You're just showing the Lord's death till he comes. So your kids say, what are you doing? Well, Jesus died on a cross, paid for our sins. Same with the Passover meal. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Okay, that's water baptism. Baptism of the Holy Spirit they've already had. Then and, and I got water baptized after I was a believer. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. Please, Peter, stay with us. Cornelius is saying, you know, teach us. We, we want to learn. We want to be disciples of the Word of God. We want to be learners. All right, well, that ends uh, Acts chapter 10. And I will say adios to God. And I will say, Vaya con Dios, go with God.